Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel this morning does indeed uh, come from Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28, and can be found on page 1522 in the Pew Bible. Matthew records, Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and the Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out loud, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, is what she said. And he replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that very moment. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So, in the gospel today, we read that Jesus had an, uh, had an appointment with someone very special. And in this story, we, we know that he actually went north, <clears throat> excuse me, from his, his usual territory in which he, he was uh, uh, ministering. And he was in Gentile, er, Gentile areas that we, we read about in, in Tyre and uh, Sidon. And from Scripture, we can tell that this is not something that, that he did often. He rarely went outside of um, areas occupied by the Jews. Um, and we know this from his, his words and admonition, that is, is that his ministry was to the lost sheep of Israel, with only a very few uh, exceptions did Jesus um, minister to Gentiles. And we know that even after his resurrection, uh, as recorded in Luke uh, 24, verse 47, uh, it said, repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in Christ's name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So, Today's gospel was one of those rare times that, that he, he actually ministered to a Gentile, a non-Jewish person. This Gentile was a Canaanite woman. 
And she was under the impression that she was searching for Jesus. But the truth is that Jesus was searching for her. Let me unpack that. As the woman came to Jesus, she cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Okay, so the Greek verb indicates that this cry, this was a cry of desperation, that it was a cry of terror or some other really deep emotional need. In addition, it was a repeated cry. This woman did not care about her dignity. She didn't care what others thought of her. She has one goal, and one goal only. She wants Jesus to drive a demon from her beloved daughter. And so in spite of the lack of decorum or good manners or what was just not done during that day, in spite of her desperation, in spite of her deep emotional state, her words are a beautiful confession of faith. Let me unpack that. She began with a supplication and praise of a curie. A curie, where, where it says, Have mercy on me, O Lord. And these words not only ask Jesus for help, but they also praise him as the only one who can give such help. And this is the praise that one gives to a sovereign, a ruler. Then she went on to call Jesus, I'm sure you have heard this before, but she called him son of David. And whenever anyone calls Jesus the son of David, that person is confessing that Jesus is the Messiah. So a Canaanite woman, a Gentile, is confessing that Jesus is the Messiah. She's confessing that Jesus is sovereign and that he is her only hope. Now we can deduce that somebody had already shared Jesus with her and that her faith was already strong. And even so, Jesus seemed... She, he seemed to really treat this, this woman horribly in an in a unfriendly way. No one realized it immediately. But Jesus was testing this woman. He was testing her in a way that, <clears throat> that made her faith grow even stronger. At first, Jesus seemed to ignore her. He simply continued his travels with this woman trailing along behind him as she cried out for help. And the truth is, this woman, a Canaanite, wouldn't register. It was woefully inappropriate for her to come up to a man, let alone a rabbi. She is beneath his station as a rabbi. And as Jesus seems to ignore this woman, the Holy Spirit deepens and strengthens her faith. And after a time, her continual crying out 
Well, it seemed to get on the disciples' nerves. And they wanted this crazy woman to go away. And they said, send her away, for she is crying out after us. And the sense is this, is that they're saying, this woman is embarrassing. Why don't you give her what she wants so she'll go away? And Jesus rebuffs the disciples' request with these words, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, you would think that this woman overheard these words, and when she did, she would get up and leave. She would take a hint. And these words seem to say that Jesus would not help Gentiles. And instead of all of that, at these words, this woman came right up to Jesus. She knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Everything that Jesus seemed to do to get rid of this woman only serves to strengthen her faith. She doesn't give up. And then finally, Jesus seemed to shut this woman down completely when he spoke directly to the woman and he said this, oh wow. He said, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He's calling her a dog. It seems as if Jesus had closed the lid on this case and he, had, he was sending that woman packing. And it seems as if this woman was uh, a hopeless case. But Jesus, Jesus had left a way out for her. This rabbi, who had won every debate with every scribe, with every Pharisee and Sadducee and everyone that ever confronted him, this rabbi left a hole in his argument just for this woman. Out of her mouth, came a great confession. A confession that is good for all people in all times and in all places. She said this, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off their master's table. When I read this story, I imagine Jesus' face, and I can Imagine him smile and maybe chuckle. And I imagine that his heart must have just sang for joy as he heard this woman, these precious words, come out of her mouth. The Holy Spirit had given this woman a faith that was both wide and deep. And you can tell it was Jesus' great pleasure to elevate this woman from the status of dog to the status of sister and a child of the Heavenly Father. Because Jesus answered her thus, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And we hear, and her daughter was healed instantly. Let's consider this Canaanite woman. She was willing to be called a dog just to get the crumbs that fell from the master's table. Martin Luther wrote the following. 
And I wonder if he was thinking about this woman when he said it. It's pretty harsh. He said, if you were a Christian, then you ought to be happy to run more than a hundred miles to confession and not let yourself be urged to come. You would rather come and compel us, pastors, to give you the opportunity that such people would yearn anxiously and tremblingly for God's word, for God's absolution, for the sacrament, and so forth. Luther said, such people could be given such a desire and a love for it that they would come and run after us for it more than we would like. They would be coming after pastors, crying out, forgive my sins in the name of Jesus. Give me holy absolution. Give me the true body and the true blood of our Lord and Savior at the altar. So here's the question that comes. So why is it? Why is it that so many are not interested in God's gifts? Why are so many absent from the church? Well, today we know. Why do so many skip Bible classes when they are offered? Why would so many turn down the opportunity to study God's Word with their brothers and sisters in Christ? Perhaps it is that we don't understand our need for lifelong Bible study. The Canaanite woman in today's gospel had a clear need that only Jesus could fill. And the Holy Spirit taught her that Jesus was her only hope. Is it possible? Is it possible that many of us don't really think that we have a need that only Jesus can fill? Is it possible that we don't understand the depth of our sin? Is it possible that we don't understand our total spiritual helplessness? Every one of us, every one of us is just as helpless before God as the woman in today's gospel was. We don't we don't love God with all of our resources. We don't love our neighbors as we love ourselves. How many of us would enjoy having our deepest, darkest thoughts published on Twitter or in the Orange County Register? Do we have even the mildest appreciation for what Jesus has rescued us from with his suffering and, and his death on the cross? Do we? Do we have even the smallest understanding of what Jesus did to accomplish that rescue? Truth is, Jesus offers a lot more than crumbs in this place, in his church. He offers us his word and even his true body and true blood. He doesn't ask us to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. He makes a place for us at the table. He offers us his very best. And the gifts that God has for us are so very great. 
In today's gospel, Jesus elevated the Canaanite woman to the status of a sister or a beloved daughter, a child of the Heavenly Father. He, his great desire is to elevate us as well. His desire is so great that he, he exchanged places with us. He took our sin, he took our guilt, and he took the punishment onto himself. And he replaced it, exchanged it to us with his righteousness. And as our substitute, he took the full force of God's wrath against our sin as he sacrificed himself on the cross. And because of his great love for us, he died on that cross and he was buried. And yet the grave, we know, could not hold him. And in his death, he conquered sin, death, and the devil. He blazed a new trail from death to life. His resurrection on the third day promises, it promises us that those who die in the Lord will be with him forever. Our future eternity in heaven is not the only gift that Jesus gives. He also pours his gifts on us through the power of the Holy Spirit while we wait here on earth. He already seats us at his table while we wait for that uh, glorious day when Jesus takes us home to be with him. He does not give us crumbs that fall from the table. He invites us to recline with him at the table as members of his family. Now, as we enter into his presence and he washes us clean and, and he clothes us in the clean clothes of his righteousness, and as we confess our sins and he gives us full and complete forgiveness, that's what he does during this service. He feeds us richly with his words that he revealed to his apostles, that he revealed to his prophets, and we hear the words from the reading of the Holy Scripture. He even feeds us with his very own body and blood as we celebrate the sacrament of the altar. And it is there that we join in a meal with our, with our fellow believers here on earth, as well as all who now enjoy the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb. So, what can we do in response? Well, we can join the Canaanite woman, and we can praise him. We can praise him with the words, Lord, have mercy on us, Akirie, and acknowledge him as the son of David. Acknowledge him as Messiah. Acknowledge him as the Christ. Acknowledge him as the anointed one. And we can give him thanks for all that he has done for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.